0: And I swear I said this about a year or two years or three years ago, maybe I can't remember, in a lecture and people laughed. I said, are you serious? I said, we're going to get a time where people will ask the scholars, can we do Jama'a salah online for a proper salah?
1: Welcome to this episode of the RJV show. I'm here with uh, Sheikh Mohammed Al-Hilli. He is the head of uh, Nur Islamic Education, which caters for multiple kind of activities and some of the marriage courses, which I haven't attended yet, but I'm planning to attend. My wife's been nudging me about that. Uh, Sheikh is obviously famous for his lectures around the world, um, from America, Canada, uh, Australia, UK, everywhere um sheikh is also a community leader who deals with a lot of issues to do with family and other issues that affect our community other than family um I, w- I would say a leader in the sense that you know you um many times are there when we need a voice and that's one of the i think important aspects of being a leader um sheikh is a scholar obviously he's got many books um i have one of his um uh previous ones and he has another book coming out soon, which we'll discuss briefly. And of course, Sheikh teaches at the Hosa in London. So we're very happy to have you on our episode today. Thank you very much. Delighted to join you. Now, Sheikh, uh, um, while we're filming this episode, we are in a grip of the worldwide pandemic from the coronavirus. Um so you participate before we get on to the uh activities that you're involved in uh outside of the, the current climate that we're in can you talk to us a little bit about the um, so i know that for example you've been busy with the burial rites for muslims recently and i think you'll dis- you'll discuss further f- with uh, with us uh has it being um bit, uh, is it been um busier in the sense that there's more people passing away because the thing is we see just what's in the news right so we don't come out our houses we don't really see what's happening uh, on a day-to-day basis but you do you you are invited to participate in these burial rites you participate in many other islamic uh, rituals marriages and other uh, issues that are required within our community can you discuss with me a little bit about what's happening and what you're uh, experiencing uh, on a day-to-day basis and how you think that uh, us being stuck at home, we can utilize technology to maybe facilitate some of the practices and rituals that we uh, practice within our Islamic cu- culture. In the name of
0: Allah, the Most Compassionate, the Most
1: Merciful. Yes, I
0: think um, it is a very interesting time, and I I genuinely uh, trying my best personally and also. To encourage my family my friends and all the brothers and sisters around the world every person every human being to uh, attempt to look at every positive optimistic hopeful angle that they can ever do in this current challenge that uh, we're all going through as humanity and uh, indeed there are so many ways of looking at it to uh, enhance our future and to develop ourselves and to become better human beings. Um, there is no doubt that there is a cost to this suffering, and that is, of course, the loss of human life. So, uh, you know, in the United Kingdom, uh, there are thousands of people who sadly have lost their lives. And according to latest statistics, it's uh, unfortunately uh, something that's also um, somehow affecting the some, uh, you know, minorities or, you know, some people from certain backgrounds uh, more than others. And within kind of our communities, the Muslim community and specifically the Shia community, yes, we've had over the last few weeks, um, uh, quite a few uh, of uh, of our brothers and sisters were unfortunately departed from this world and uh, they've required burial now what's happened is some of them like for example from the iranian iraqi community usually their body is taken to uh, to iran or iraq and it's facilitated um uh, but this is no longer possible now over the last month so they've had to bury here so that's i kind of added uh an extra pressure the other thing is i mean i'm part of the um the stanmore uh Usul committee which washes the body's main um, kind of uh, place where people take their disease to be washed and shrouded and everything and they sort out the burials across different cemeteries uh, on average it's about four or five bodies every single day um which wasn't the case before the whole covid 19 Uh, In addition to that, there is the massive challenge of having PPE, making sure there is this personal protective equipment when we're washing the body uh, and it has to be spot on because obviously there is a danger uh, due to the aerosol uh, aspect and washing of it to spread them everywhere. Um, The barrel is very difficult because only a few people are allowed to attend and due to obviously understandable government restrictions, social distancing, people shouldn't be going out. It's a time of grief, a lot of, you know, I've just come back literally an hour ago, uh, I was in a burial and people are are, are so eager to grieve. This is an important step of the closure, uh, you know, of losing a loved one, but they most can't attend Uh, funerals and burials of their loved ones. Most can't go to hospitals and spend the last few minutes or hours with their loved ones who passed away. Uh, Obviously we can't do uh, commemoration, funerals, uh, Fatiha Majalis, all this you can't do. It's one of the most testing times really for anyone who loses a loved one at this time. And what, what I'm trying to do and people like me also is to make it as easy as possible for people to kind of deal with the situation, to calm them, to give them advice to somehow ease their suffering as much as we can um, so to utilize technology your question at least in this part, uh, many of the funerals that have been involved are done like a live broadcast using people's phones So those who can't attend because either they're unwell and they have to self isolate, or those who, for example, just simply can't attend because maximum number of people who should be attending is 10, according to government guidelines, including people like me and others who are responsible for the burial. So it leaves only a handful of the family and friends who can attend, the rest can watch at home. It's better than completely missing out. Um, It's actually giving them something. And alhamdulillah, I always say to people, it's fantastic, the ability, To be able to connect with people online on social media to be able to speak to people across the world Um, we've been really inundated with requests to have live lectures discussions q a's on platforms across the world over the last few weeks most people are in isolation so a lot of people have time we're approaching the month of ramadan and there's there's incredible pressure uh, to provide and to have these lectures on these platforms, as well as you know, it actually, in a way, gives more people across the world an opportunity to connect with the speaker and the lecturer. Whereas before, it was more localized. You know, before it was like this center has this speaker, and then they have a Q and A, and yes, maybe they broadcast it across the world, but most people don't have the opportunity to connect with that particular individual, perhaps um and and families too sitting together watching you know experiencing uh you know whatever it needs to be and the celebrations and the times of mourning for example in remembrance of the prophet's family peace be upon them as well you know it's all about the family and creating that environment at home so it has in, in many ways shapes and forms advantages i think and uh, you know the one thing i would say is that it makes people really appreciate the value of their mosques and their centers, because here we are Now we can't go. These places are not uh, available for us. And there are people who've taken it lightly all these years. They're like, it's okay, I don't have to go. They'll go once in like a 10th of Muharram or they'll go some, you know, month of Ramadan, the Blue Moon or Eid Day. And now they're like, oh my God, the month of Ramadan, you know, I'm going to be at home. I'm going to miss it. Sometimes Allah takes away a blessing so that we appreciate how powerful and important it is.
1: Uh, that's a good way of looking at it um, there is in the media actually at the moment uh, hoax is going around and, and some mainstream media unfortunately in the UK are perpetuating it that um, once the lockdown is kind of uh, uh, relaxed a little bit Muslims are going to increase the the number of cases because they're going to gather for ramadan in either mosques or their homes uh, as if you know we're not part of the society and won't be uh, um, following the res- the isolation kind of lockdown rules do you find that um for a number of years our community has been kind of slowly developing towards um uh, using technology to record lectures and sometimes even live streams, especially in the last few years. And then we had um, some people who couldn't attend. Either they're looking after uh, uh, younger children or for a reason, that maybe it's difficult for them to travel to go to the majalis. They couldn't attend. So they would you know, watch it on live stream. Now that, as you said, the role is reversed, those who could have gone and weren't going all of a sudden have the desire to go because they can't go. It's always human nature, isn't it? Trying to uh, do something that um, <laughs> you can't do. You want to do it. Do you think yeah. that our community this for this Ramadan and possibly Muharram, right? It might go into Muharram, we don't know. Hopefully it won't, inshallah it'll be fine. Yeah, but sure. do you think our community is kind of our community is ready to be able to provide the kind of spiritual uh kind of access through the technology to be able to reach the audience on the other side?
0: Well, first of all I you know, I would say regarding this kind of misconception that exists that Muslims would rush into mosques and so on and so forth. The vast, vast, vast majority of Muslims are law-abiding citizens and in the European countries that have decided to ease the lockdown relatively, they have still banned public gatherings and similar, uh, you know, places of worship where people gather in large numbers. So it would not, I don't think that certainly in the month of Ramadan, certainly the United Kingdom, or in america and maybe in some states in america but we don't know but in the united kingdom we're not going to see uh, any opening of mosques or places of worship and where people are able to congregate it's far far too early even if after three weeks which we don't know and allah knows uh, if the lockdown will be eased. number one number two yes i think over the years there has been a more uh, gradual development of resources um some centers have uh, upped their game as far as the quality of recording that they're having you know um have had more people experience and expertise to try and handle it and and, and be able to provide it in a particular platforms you know only yesterday i received uh, and one of them is from you i think i received five requests of people saying sign up to this uh like this page so that they reach a thousand on youtube so that they can do Live, yes, for one particular center in Watford. I received five of those for different five centers. And, you know, everybody's now thinking, oh my God, I need to broadcast live on YouTube in the month of Ramadan. I need a thousand, you know, like, please like. And I think it would be nice to have a list where we just go through it and like each one. And we end up, uh, you know, helping all these centers. But generally speaking, I think they're now, you know, being more realizing now the potential uh, that exists online. Uh, for uh, keeping people engaged and understanding uh, their faith and be able to connect with religious scholars and others who are active in the community. Um, I think this is good. But having said that, I am of the school of thought that has slight reservations over live uh, broadcast. Not in this current climate, of course, because I think it's a fantastic thing and we need it um it's 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 good and the month of ramadan without it i mean imagine if there's no lectures there's no you know satellite tvs that broadcast the quran and you know dua and the amal and there's people would really struggle so it's absolutely essential and it's one of the greatest blessings of allah in this difficult uh, challenging time but having said that outside this time there is a concern which i also share that Uh, There is the too much dependency on online, where in the future, we might find people thinking, if I sit at home, and this is what I always say, and I've said it a few times in my majalis, and I've had a little bit of people criticizing me for it, but I'm happy, you know, let the arrows come. Uh, You know, normally, uh, you know, we encourage people to come to a sentence. And what has happened in the past few years, there's been a gradual slight decline in non-Muharram attendance. In Thursday nights, we of, for example, Imam Al-Hadi. You know, people think, "Oh, Imam Ali, I'll attend," but Al-Hadi, I'll sit at home. And so, if there is a live link-up, there is that perhaps laziness aspect is, I could sit at home with my family, if possible, and you know, have popcorn and watch the uh, watch the lecture and uh, I'll be fine. Why do I need to bother going to the mosque, finding parking, late, I've got work tomorrow, my kids have school, and, you know, is it just for the chai and biscuits that I get at the end? It's okay, I have more than that at home. I'll just sit there and I'll enjoy myself. Brother, I'm listening to the lecture, I'm benefiting, alhamdulillah. Don't tell me, you know, I will listen to it. So my concern there is that the numbers of people attending in mosques and centres will diminish. And because we have technology and people think it's the same, well, it's not the same. There are two reasons why it's not the same. Actually, three. I've just thought of one this last minute. Number one, it is uh, um, proven that when I'm sitting with somebody face to face and I listen to them, it is much more effective than when people are watching on on a screen on their phone or on TV. And this is actually uh, interesting because we have a statement, whether it's a hadith or not, I think it might be a hadith, which says, min Take knowledge from the mouth of the scholars. Now, yes, you could mean, yes, I could take it from the mouth of the scholars uh, um, online, but it actually means no. sit next to them, listen to them, be able to kind of have that human interaction. That's number one. Number two, there is the social element. You know, when you go to mosques and centers, you meet people, you discuss things with them, you ask them, how are you? What can I do for you? There is that bonding, that unity, that element of cohesiveness in society, in the community, which you don't get when you're at home. But importantly, number three, the Prophet and his family have said, Ahyu Amrana, revive our affairs. Now, the reviving of affairs, imagine everyone sits at home and says, I'm doing ziyarah of Imam Al Hussein via Zoom, qurbatan ila Allah ta'ala. You know, just sit there. You know, I honestly, I've had at least a number of people asking me, can I do Salatul Mayyit? When you do the salah in the cemetery, I'm going to follow you online. I've had a lot of people ask me. And I can understand, I can understand they can't attend, so they want to do the Salatul Mayyit. But it's not possible, I say to them, brother. You know, you pray for the Mayyit, do dua for them. You know, you could do your own salah in absence for, for the soul of the person who passed away. You can do that. But you can't follow me, you know, be part of the salah online. And I swear I said this about a year or two years or three years ago, maybe I can't remember, in a lecture, and people laughed. I said, Are you serious? I said, We're going to get a time where people will ask the scholars, Can we do Jama'a salah online for a proper salah? You know, like some w- alim praying. And you think this is not done? I have seen it myself done in Mecca. I have seen I it myself. I was there with you. Yeah, you were there together. Yeah, with you know, when floors, you were in the hotel. Different groups. Yeah, no, no. Oh, no, you had people to yeah, hotel, Right in front of the Kaaba, uh, you know, uh, close to the Kaaba, or even in the streets over there. There's no connection. So I asked them, how are you connected? Wi Fi? How are you connected with the Imam? How, you know. <laughs> so they. I don't care about other schools of thought. You know, that's, that's, we respectfully disagree with that. But as far as our school of thought, you need to have that connection with the Imam. So anyway, we're diverse from the topic. But I'm saying, yes, it's a good thing, online presence, and we need to enhance it. But perhaps we need to think about ways to make sure that our communities aren't relaxed from attending mosque going forward. And maybe this is something Allah SWT is sending us a message now to make us eager and prepared we returning to our mosques whenever it's safe and we're instructed to do so and it's part of the law.
1: I agree with you. Islam is a social religion as well as it's an individual religion that, that you work on your individuality and your spirituality. It's a social communal religion in the sense that we have the Jama'at prayers and there's a reason for that sociality because it uh, enables you to build those connections build those friendships, build those bonds of uh, a Muslim Brotherhood that needs to exist. Uh, On the other hand when we're looking at what's happening with the rise in the large number of content that will be online, in some ways I look at that in a positive way as well because maybe this is the time now we need to introduce the concept of the saviour Imam Mehdi from our perspective to all those people who are out there who may have not seen it. So if you can imagine, like you said, five people just from, you know, in the last day or so asked you to uh, uh, connect, subscribe to their YouTube so that you can broadcast. That's just five from yesterday. I know that Mm -hmm. many, uh, all the centers, most of the centers will now want to broadcast live. And if we can make sure that, the content is of high quality and promote it amongst our non-muslim friends I think it will be beneficial in that way as well we can utilize kind of the negative situation into a positive and then inshallah many people will know about the concepts and that that we believe in and unfortunately they stay in the four walls of our Hussainia Alhamdulillah we have lectures online now with people like yourself and other scholars but I think um, let's utilize this pandemic for that mission and then inshallah for the future programs we'll, we'll get back to the hosseini and yeah, socialize yeah
0: i want to add yeah i agree with you completely about quality and standard and professionalism uh we we are online in a battle with so many uh different platforms that are doing c- incredible work in their own sphere on qualities and people are drawn into their productions. Um, so unless, uh, you know, we we kind of match that and, and have that, you know, really good standard whereby people are really, you know, attracted to the content in a presentable way in a nice manner when it's good quality, you know, uh, professional standards, then we're not really keeping up and we're going to lose uh, a lot of ground. So I agree with you. And, uh, you know, people like yourself, mashallah, uh, are really good and well-equipped to offer uh, good service to the community with your skill sets, uh, you know, of uh, video edits and
1: graphics and everything. I see it as a, as a joint venture, you know as together with your uh, element, your knowledge and other people's technicalities we can try and get the message out and again for for me it's not about converting anyone it's just building that understanding so there isn't the misconceptions Oh, muslim and during the month of Ramadan are going to go rampant and spread the the virus further other places there's a kind of counter narrative to that which dismisses that narrative um i want to talk to about Uh, your experience with uh, people and I know this is a bit sensitive but we won't go into too much detail but just so you can give some reflection and share your experience on how others can take into consideration those who are vulnerable especially at this time so I know it's difficult to uh, go to hospital with someone who's vulnerable and they need to have treatment other than to do with COVID just general uh, uh, treatment for other things how do you think others in the community can uh, be more mindful and thoughtful and helpful uh, to, towards this process that people go through taking vulnerable people and trying to look after vulnerable at this time? I think uh, if we all try to do what we can, um, one of the
0: major challenges now is mental health. And, you know, we we know that the communities slowly, our own communities in different parts of the world, are slowly waking up to the realization of its importance and how for many, many years it's been taboo and people don't want to talk about it and, and, and you know, uh, there's no signposting to different organizations and centers. And, I, you know, I've said it before, and even though I, we get criticized for it, alims are not necessarily the first port of call for people who, are going through psychological uh, problems or need mental health support. The alims need to be trained on what we call mental uh, health first aid. They need to pick up this. And yes, some alims may be trained on mental health, generally speaking, but um, they can do dua, they can do that. But, you know, the the idea today is that um, there are people out there who are suffering in silence and there are people out there who are unfortunately going through domestic violence. Um, because of the isolation and, and so on and so forth. And um, what we can do is limited. However, at the same time, we mustn't ignore or just, uh, you know, hide, hide in the sand. Uh, but there has to be, and there is, alhamdulillah, some collective community spirit. But each community needs to be looking out. And contacting others, asking, how are you doing? Is there anything we need to help, especially the elderly? You know, it starts with one's parents, grandparents, people who are connected in any shape or form. Um, within each community, within each center, there are, alhamdulillah, some already some mechanisms. Certainly, yeah, look at the UK, and I know in America there is that, where people uh, are told, look, if you know someone vulnerable, needs delivery, of food or medicine let us know and we'll do it and uh, some organizations here are doing it which is um, uh, really good Um, but i feel that for example there may be some of our community members who are lonely right they may want to especially the elders um, used to you know some of the elders community used to go a lot to the mosques and centers and meet other elderly and they discuss and that's their thing that they look forward to and i guess for us what we need to do is develop uh, all kinds of different mechanisms to try and, you know, help them in any shape or form that we can, um, whether it's um, to somehow direct them towards different organizations or to have, you know, regular conversation over the phone or on the internet uh, with anybody out there. But uh, I think gradually we're developing, like, we have, like, today, you know, in the last three weeks, personally and others, we've issued guidelines on mental health. For people who are at home, you know, how do you help yourself in this situation? And how do you help somebody who's going through hardship uh, uh, and and maybe dealing with it in a not in the the right way? Well, for example, you could we we have to stop reading 24-7 about COVID-19 and coronavirus and all the implications. People, there is too much scaremongering out there. The fear is killing people. You know, what if, what if, what if? and so we need to limit that i need to limit it to a few you know instances during the day all i need to know will be given to me and that's it and then there's all these conspiracy theories it started off here and it's causing by this and caused by this and everyone feels the need to convince everyone else this conspiracy theory and the other and you're not going to really solve any of the world's problems if you believe in a conspiracy theory um, with all respect and then there is the uh, issue of uh, ensuring that There is physical exercise, you know, people go out, they're allowed to go out and do like one form of exercise, eating healthily, for example, you know, Um, having a support network, you know, having a support network, doing some hobbies that people enjoy, you know. Um, So there is so many ways that we can help uh, ourselves and others who might be going through difficult times in this current crisis, but uh, we have to be alert and, and ready to do so.
1: So you believe that we should utilize this time for self-development because the fact that many people will have extra time to utilize, right?
0: Yeah, so what is happening, I guess, in this current climate is there are, I've devised people to three groups. You know, perhaps we need to maybe put ourselves, do we fall into these three groups or not? There is one group of people who usually are either like freelance or they sometimes mostly work at home. And you know they're not finding it as much of a difference now in isolation. So they're still at home, uh, and they work sometimes. Um, of course, it's different. They can't go out as much before. So maybe they're used to this lifestyle, and so they're not necessarily making any difference or changes in their lives. They just keep going as it is. Then there are people who know work five times uh, five days a week. They're always out there, and now they're at home, and they're kind of thinking. Okay, what am I gonna do? What is this? They're finding it very, very difficult. They're eager to get out. They can't wait to get out. And so when they're at home, uh, their concentration is very limited. So they kill time by constantly watching Netflix, online social media, 24 hours on social media, playing games. Yeah, you know, I see so many of these clips out there about you know playing consoles, you know PS4. Everybody's on their you know famous footballers. They're just that's it. That's all. That's all they do. You know playing games 24/7. And then the third group of people who, you know, in the last month or however long it's been or whatever you are in different parts of the world, maybe it's different, but they realize, they're like, hold on a minute, this is godsend, you know, if I have to now put myself at the end of this quarantine or isolation and ask myself, how different am I? What 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 has changed in my life? If I've gone backwards, if I've actually not done anything, you know, I'm in trouble because, look, this is a fantastic opportunity. So let me change some of my lifestyle practices and let me start doing things and learn new skills, do courses online, read some books, you know, do something. Let me change positively. Start, start, yeah, work on some habits of mine, right? So pick up some skills. You know, my uh, 13-year-old son, the oldest son, when I was talking to them about this, he decided, he said, okay, one of the things I'm going to learn to do, amongst a number of things, he's at home with my other children, he's at home. So he decided to learn to cook. So alhamdulillah, you know, uh, a few days ago, he, he prepared a very fantastic meal with the supervision of my wife, but he was doing it by himself because he asked for a recipe from my mother for, you know, Zereshk polo. And, uh, you know, for those who who don't know, it's basically rice and this wonderful, uh, like red, small red berries. You get them from Iran exclusively. Nice, nicest ones are from Iran and uh, with chicken, you know, and it's done very nicely. So he prepared the whole meal for the whole family by himself. He's never cooked before. He usually has his, usually has, does his eggs (laughs) in the morning. Other than that. And, uh, he, you know, now he's so excited, think, thinking, you know what, I can develop the skill, I'm at home, so I can start to learn more and more. So you'll feel amazing. You know, for those watching, listening, you'll feel amazing. If you decide now it's the time for me to develop something by the end of this experience, I'm going to say, okay, everyone's going to go back normal. But I'm not just going to go back normal. I've gained not weight. I've gained exercise, I've gained a new, a new special uh, uh, skill set and I've been able to really change my life. So I think that's what we need to uh, move towards. Now, spiritually, of course, uh, isolation has is been proven uh, in Islamic teachings to be a very highly recommended process of self-refinement, reflection, contemplation, uh, connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a practice of the Prophet and the Imams as well as our ulama. They love to be isolated so that they can you know, be able to focus. Um, isolation, 24 hours, 365 days a year, all along is condemned. This is monasticism. This is not part of the teachings of the religion of Islam. However, sometimes when we isolate, it's actually good. Sometimes it's good because it will help us. And uh, in this particular process, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is inviting us to re-examine our file with Him. You know, you go to... Uh, surgery medical surgery and they take out your file or whatever you go and the government they take out your file we have a file with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he you know he's asking us okay take this file out and start to rethink okay what is my connection with salah where's my connection with quran where's my connection with dua what is my connection with dhikr what's my connection with charity and helping others now we have the month of ramadan and the month of ramadan is another opportunity within the opportunity so you know whatever way you know people tell me give me tips how do i change well you know yourself best and there are so many useful tools out there it's about making that conscious decision changing mindset from negative towards a positive utilizing it and improving our situation
1: i think i believe from the even christian uh, perspective jesus uh, prophet jesus went away for 40 days And that's when uh, his mission was declared to him after he was reflecting and meditating, praying after 40 days. So 100% I agree that uh, opportunities are now. Sometimes it's difficult if you're living in a big family. uh, But if you're in a small family or on your own, I think as you said, it's an amazing time to reflect. But also sincere reflection. Sometimes we reflect and we're always blaming other people for our problems. But if it's sincere reflection, it comes to a positive um, development in oneself because you truly accept what's bad and you truly accept to work on that. Do you think there's any specific aspects of society, economics, politics, culture within uh, the West that we live in this pandemic has shined a light on?
0: Everything. This has shaken the world in every aspect you can think of. I don't think there is one dimension that we can say has remained the same. And I don't think anything will be the same after this in the sense that, you know, yes, people might start to go back to normality, but they'll always be conscious about this happening again and another virus coming up and so on and so forth. If you think about, for example, human behavior. You know, um, this morning I had to go before going to the burial, and I've just disclosed all my days' programme, but never mind. I had to go to show shopping, And when I went to the supermarket, of course, half an hour lining up outside, which is fine because of social distancing. But I was surprised when I got in, you know, it's been a while since I've been to the supermarket, but all this stuff about toilet rolls. there were so much toilet rolls, you know? Now there's plentiful. And people were panicking, hoarding, buying crazy amounts, thinking this is, that's it, oh my God, and the end of the world, that's it, all kinds of things. It showed human behavior. To me, coronavirus and COVID-19 painted a picture of how the Day of Judgment will be. And, uh, you know, why? You know, you would think, what, Day of Judgment? Yeah, subhanAllah. You know, we are both being to Hajj together, and we've seen on the Day of Arafah how that, kind of, you know, on the planes where everybody's wearing the same and everybody's kind of looking for God's mercy and desperate and everything and you have to be in the same place at the same time and that is kind of begging Allah for forgiveness. Well, you look at the situation now. One thing that's clear is that people are looking for their own self, uh, you know, uh, benefit. Uh, everybody goes, people, usually, I'm going to say people, I'm not generalizing everyone. I'm saying general human behavior. We've seen it around the world, Right. Um, or people fighting over things and and then you know people were begging look leave some for poor nhs staff they come at night and they don't see any bread and stuff like that what is going on and people bought so much and there's so much wastage right it's because of the hadith we're told the hadith of the prophet that on the day of qiyamah everyone will say nafsi nafsi i don't care about anyone i really care about myself i just want i want to get to jannah right so people will start turning against their own Husband, you know, spouse, their parents, their children. <inaudible> Quran says in chapter 80, everyone will run away from their father, mother, etc. So today it's somehow a, a reflection of that. There is, there is also a Similarly, um, you have the faithful, and even then the ones who believe, but they don't pray, turning to God for prayer. Everyone's desperate because one thing that's united us all as human beings is our weakness. No human being in the planet today can come out and say, I know when this will end. I know what the cure is. I know exactly how it started. They're all theories. Can anyone today come and say, I can eradicate it? Can anyone come and, it's all predictions. We think two months, three months, maybe this, it will take this. We need a vaccine. We need this. Everyone's talking possible 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 there is only one being who knows so it is like that on the day of qiyama everyone's standing desperate Ya Allah, you are the only one who can help us we don't we don't know we think we've done good in this world in dunya but we don't know what's going to happen now because all our deeds might go away somebody might come and say this or we might have not done it sincerely for your sake um, so, in a way, it kind of reminds people, shakes them back to reality about the day of Qiyamah, just to remind them about the Akhirah, because they're too engrossed in materialism and the love of this world, and they're too engrossed in, you know, self-conceit and self-love and, and oppression and injustice. Look at how much oppression and injustice we've gone through recently. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes I sit down and I think, He decided enough is enough. I'm going to stop people killing each other. I'm going to make you sit at home, all of you. You know, stop killing each other. You know, he's sending us a message. You know, are you going to start, you know, respecting each other, showing love towards each other? Then we had dairations stuff, bombardment, Yemen destroyed, the country completely destroyed, you know, oppression in different parts of the world. And now it's all gone quiet. The news is entirely COVID-19. It's all about Corona. Nobody talks about anything other than Corona right around the world and so yes there is so much to but just on your point of reflection because I think people get bored when we always say to them it's a chance for you to reflect and they say okay what do I reflect about how do I think because the moment I sit there to think I start thinking of what do I you know prepare for food today or what do I do for my uh, um, health or oh my kids are annoying me and our thoughts starts to go and on mm, yeah exactly what should I watch what should I put on Netflix? And all of a sudden, you know, let me ask online. What should I watch on Netflix? Any advice? You know, and everyone puts advice and everyone talks about it, mashallah. We have so much advice about watching Netflix, not enough about flexing our own inner muscles of the soul. So, you know, when we come to the thinking, it, thinking and reflection, tafakkur, can't happen without gaining ilm and knowledge. You see... Um, there is an amazing, absolutely mesmerizing hadith, one of the, my, my favorite of Imam Hussein, peace be upon him. He says, O oh people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created all of humankind so that they know him. Once they know him, they will worship him, 100%. And once they worship him, they will worship nothing else. So it's gradual. Ma'rifah, ibadah, tawheed one after the other, connected, and you know, it's guaranteed. Now, if I don't really equip myself with necessary understanding and knowledge, I don't have anything to think about. Yes, I know you could say that I can think about the creations of the heavens of the earth and create, you know, one of the best lines to create, to think about reflection is Imam Ali peace be upon the one who understood and thought about where they came from, where are they today, and where are they tomorrow, where they're going tomorrow. That's amazing. To be able to think about this would be amazing. But that in itself needs knowledge. Because if I sit there thinking, what am I going tomorrow? Meaning death, meaning barzakh, meaning Akhirah, and if I've got a clue what's happening, if only I've seen you know movies about uh, you know Hollywood and stuff, God forbid Bollywood as well, you know, I sit down there and and I've watched this and I'm thinking, Yeah, that's all I know. Snakes biting, this, Akhirah, Jahannam, Allah punishing, you. okay. How much do you know what I need to do to prepare myself, right? So the more ilm and knowledge I gain, the more there's a quality tafakkur, that one hour of reflection better than 70 years of worship. Now we begin to understand it because that one hour reflection is infusing all these wonderful thoughts and ideas based on my knowledge that I've gained from rightful sources like the Quran and the teachings of the Prophet and the Ahlul Bayt. Now when I have this gain of treasure and this knowledge, now I can start to really uh process my thoughts now i can begin to develop and thoughts don't have to be here i can write them i can start authoring uh, you know writing things down i can start developing my mindset and building it right
1: reminds me of the story uh i i read uh, about prophet moses uh peace be upon him passing by a man and as he passed by him he's praying hard in the afternoon he passes by again he's praying hard and you know prophet Moses said to God mashallah this man he must have really high estate in heaven and I think a message comes to him. he goes no no not really And he goes, how can that be every time I go past him he's praying he goes yeah he keeps praying that hopefully his donkeys or his sheep have enough uh, grass to eat from because his level of uh, reflection and comprehension and what he wanted from god was that small amount so as you said without knowledge how do we elevate to understand god better and want a better relationship on a higher level with him so i agree with that
0: yeah if there is one inspiration uh, sorry to cut you if there is one inspiration we need to read and i encourage people to read why because there's a lot of passive learning out there honestly I'm worried about the passive learning. The passive learning is sitting there just watching and just watching and just watching and listening. And that in itself is good. It's better than nothing. However, it's passive. What we need to develop, we need active learning. And that is that I pick up a book and I start reading it and I start annotating it and I start discussing it and maybe teaching it to others to my family. That's one of it. And if we need inspiration, the first word revealed in the Quran, the Quran is the best book of Allah, is the immaculate, error-free, sinless book of guidance, constitution for the well-being and health of humankind and all of God's creation in this world and akhirah. The first word revealed in the best of books, the best of uh, words is read. That's so Read. So, uh, do we need any more, do we need any more? Uh, and today when I speak to people and bookshops, Islamic bookshop owners and online suppliers and others, are people buying and they reading Islamic books? Sadly, Yes, they're reading Harry Potter.
1: But the thing is, they don't even to buy it now. There's so many websites where you can read them for free. They're provided to you for, to be read for free. So as you said, it's, it's individual taking honest on themselves to say, I need to get uh Marfa, I need to get elm. No one's going to come and give it to you, right?
0: Yeah, and what you need to do is reflect on um, uh, what area of knowledge you need to gain and really fill the vacuum in your understanding. So it's easy for us to say, read, 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 because people will tell me, um, I remember one person was jokingly telling me, you know, you always tell people, go for Ziyarah, go for Hajj Umrah. So easy for you because you always go Hajj, Ziyarah, Umrah, you know, and you enjoy it. So why are you telling us to do the same? And likewise, now they'll say, oh, it's okay for you. You love reading because it's part of your profession. You have to read because otherwise, what kind of knowledge you're giving to people? That is not the case. The, the, the simple matter here is that I, as a person, as a believer, I have to be uh, uh, in a position of understanding of my aqida, I need to understand my shari'a, which is fiqh, I need to be able to understand Akhlaq, I need to be able to appreciate spirituality, I need to learn about my history. There are so many dimensions of my life uh, associated with my religion that I need to equip myself. I'm not asking people not to read about things not to do with religion, that's fine, as long as there's benefit. But it should not supersede or it should not overtake our life to the extent that people say, I don't have time to read about religion or to, to to improve my understanding of religion ask people who know and uh, your contacts people that you have relationship with advise me which book is good which area that you think you know yourself if you're weak for example in in aqaid if you can't if you can't prove the existence of allah if you can't prove why prophets we believe have to be masoom error free sinless If we can't, if you can't answer the question that why do we believe that prophets are not infallible? I believe prophets are not infallible. They're not. I believe the imams are not. And before anyone takes this clip out of context and puts it on YouTube, infallibility, as you know, infallibility means unable to err. You can't. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows them, but they don't. So isma is not infallibility. So my point is that I just threw that in, but my point is that you know, if, if I can't answer these questions, if I'm struggling to uh, approve the day of Qiyamah, if I don't know why this is happening and I'm questioning God's justice, I need to go and read, I need to go and ask, I need to equip and educate myself. Otherwise, number one, I'm failing myself. Number two, I'm failing my children and my family. Because they're going to look up to me, perhaps, and they'll ask me, can you tell us, why is there evil in this world? Why has Allah created the coronavirus? If you say to them, it's a test. Allah wants to test you. But why is Allah wanting to harm me? They'll ask you. And I've heard people say to their kids, oh, don't ask. You know, just take it. <laughs> just deal with it. That's not good enough. That is not good enough in this day and age where everybody wants answers. It is not good enough to say to people, just deal with it. That's how it is. You know, we need to be able to engage with our youth with our youngsters be able to have full-blown conversations provide the evidence I'm talking about aqeedah here not necessarily fiqh because I can't provide evidence for why Salat al-Fajr is 2 and Dhuhr is 4 okay there is a difference but I can provide evidence for the existence of God for the adala of God for the prophethood for the imama for the belief in, in, in the yawm al in belief in, in, in resurrection I can do that and we can we have lots of resources so we need to be able to kind of step out of our comfort zones i think
1: it's interesting to say that i've met people who've told uh, who've been told by their parents oh just do it because this is what we do as muslims and the individual has gone to university studied philosophy and has come to the realization there's no god there's no religion and has become atheist so we are responsible to instill certain um, knowledge and the thirst for to go and learn that knowledge as well themselves. Can I discuss with you a recent book you talk, you're work, working on at the moment and you've published, I think? I don't yeah. have a copy of it, so I can't...
0: Yeah, because nobody has, actually. It came out whilst isolation. Actually, I gave it to one person, one of my friends, who delivered something to my house, and I gave it to him. But this is it. It's called Secrets to Happiness. Um, it's uh, nearly 300 pages. It's basically... Uh, a detailed contemporary tafsir of chapter 20, Surah Taha of the Holy Quran. But the reason why I call it secrets to happiness is because um, the chapter itself discusses how you and I and every human being can seek uh, that you know, lofty desired goal of being happy. So I asked the question right at the beginning, can we really be happy? Is it something that we can gain? Is this world a place of happiness or not? What are the tools the Quran gives us? So I go through chapter 20 of the Quran, um, through the tafsir, through many different uh, commentaries uh, from mainly our school of thought, but also pose some important challenges uh, or or important questions with regards to how we can equip ourselves. So it's mostly Quranic, it's a Quranic tafsir book, but uh, with this uh, kind of uh, projection. And where can uh, you purchase it? it? at the moment uh we are setting up um, because we it's very difficult to ship it at the moment or post it because you know a lot of uh, these facilities are not um, functioning as they should be so we've had to kind of delay the launch of it um, it was supposed to launch in the beginning of april but alhamdulillah for covid-19 and uh, we have to you know wait for the right time inshallah but it will be made available and i'm sure inshallah people can send us our comments or possibilities um,
1: maybe put it as a pdf purchase i think amazon and some websites do that
0: yeah we could do that but at the same time uh, we have printed a thousand copies so we want those we want them point. to also go so uh, and also i i personally i know you said earlier we people should uh, you can learn and read online which is good it's a good thing and but I personally will lose concentration about 10 minutes into reading online. Either uh, I get distracted with a message that comes in or news or whatever. Whereas if you, you know, pick up a book, you can just stop, move just away don't from say the that uh, got a computer, name. move away from the TV, move away from the phone and sit I and have, actually, I have read, it you either.
1: know. It story thousands and thousands of books in there. It, and it's like paper. You just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's most people maybe don't have it, but if they if you yeah, do have something like that so that's the that's, that's yeah. benefit of uh, having a wife, she buys the gift. Um, and finally, before you go, I just wanted to reflect on your opinions about the situation with Hajj this year and possibly Arbain may Ar-Bain happen and Hajj happen, but what do you think the situation with those two are?
0: Well, as I mentioned earlier, I think nobody knows. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Um, My prediction, though, is based on what we have heard and read about the situation to do with coronavirus and how it's spreading and how in so many countries like South Korea and others have managed to have it in control. And some countries have done much better than this country, such as Germany, um, in, in um, in in having so many tests and so on. Um, It seems to me that what will happen, and Allah knows best, that this year hajj will be limited, limited by age. So people, for example, maybe of 55 or 60 uh, and above will not be able to perform hajj. Similarly, what will happen as well is that they will, the authorities will not allow anyone with underlying conditions or those who are considered vulnerable. So anybody who, for example, has asthma, diabetes, heart problems, uh, they will limit the attendance, the, the participation of those individuals for the pilgrimage. And the reason is, of course, that the pilgrimage, if it does take place, and it is still a question nobody can answer, but if it does take place, there's a huge number of people coming together at the same time. And so even if there is, God forbid, the spread of the virus, then then uh, presumably the, the most majority will be healthy individuals and they will be able to maybe deal with it. And Allah knows best. Um, but they may decide that they would want the vaccine to come out first before risking it. And so it's not the first time where hajj has been cancelled. It has happened before. Um, When we look at Arba'een, I think the situation might be even better because, of course, it's a couple of months after Hajj, when we're talking, uh, you know, end of September, kind of beginning October time, which, uh, inshallah, the hope is by that time situation is very much under control and people are already anticipating and really looking forward to uh, reignite their passion and their loyalty and commitment towards the Ahlul Bayt specifically Imam al Hussein peace and blessings be upon him. So we pray, we are optimistic, we do whatever is necessary, we listen to guidelines, we stay at home as much as we can, we uh, protect ourselves and those around us, uh, we self-isolate, we pray above all, we have complete submission and belief and trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whatever happens, happens. Um, uh, you, my message to my dear friends, fellow brothers and sisters is that anything that happens in life that is outside our control, then you mustn't lose too much sleep over it in that sense. Yes, a lot of people are going through financial hardship. A lot of people are going through difficulties and so on and so forth. I'm not saying you shouldn't worry as such about these. Worry in the sense that, think about how you will be able to come out of it um, based on your reliance on God, the Almighty. But to kind of um, feel too down and depressed, you know, neither me or you or anybody can solve this situation. It's only in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah has given us the aql and hopefully through time, we will limit the spread of this particular disease and hopefully inshallah we can have a vaccine and the situation of humanity will be best inshallah.
1: Thank you, Shaykh. It was wonderful talking to you and learning many Thank things you. with you today. Uh, we hope that you stay safe, especially as you're going out and participating in the burial rituals. We we'll pray for you and your family. Keep us Thank in you. your doors, and uh, we look forward to see you on the next episode. Thank you. Sean. Thank you so much. I'm glad you watched our video. Please follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter to be notified of future video releases.